Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. Hello, all you good humans. We are back with the last episode of this year. It's been nice to jump back in with a couple episodes to finish the year off. And this is a very special one to me. But first of all, I just want to say a big thank you again to everyone who's tuned in. It's been really cool to see the response of the new and improved podcast. It's really been fun to edit, distribute, and do a whole lot of different things behind the scenes myself. Really fun learning the new skills and yeah, very grateful for everybody who's tuned in and listened. We've had some a really good feedback from Tilly and Harley's episode, helping a lot of people out there, but just hopefully encouraging and inspiring all of you legends out there to live a fun and fulfilled life. If you want to and you enjoy the episodes, make sure you share them on your Instagram, get as many people listening as possible because we know how much impact just a simple conversation can have and with today's episode, I think we're going to have a lot of good feedback as well. I've been trying to do an episode with this beautiful woman for quite some time. She's my sister. She's lived an amazing life. She has been through some of the most incredible ups and downs that I've had to see anybody go through over the last 12 to 18 months. So really excited for everybody to get to listen to this chap. So yeah, let's jump straight into it. Welcome to the podcast, Chloe Chapman. How you going, Chloe? We've finally done this. It's been 26 episodes for me, or 27, I think, and it's taken me to get to here. We've said we'll do it for a long time, but I feel like it's the right time to now finally sit down and have a chat. Hi. Thanks for having me. I know I'm. I'm. it's actually all my fault. I'm the one that just keeps on going like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, and then Cooper's like, well, let's do it now. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, not right time, not right time, and then I guess... um over the weekend he's just like can I do it and I was like fuck I better better do it for you <laughs> but here we are you do have such a great journey obviously my sister and we've got such a beautiful family and such an amazing story all of us together but today it's about you and I know you've got some amazing stories that you can share with my listeners and yeah we'll jump straight into it so tell me about growing up what can you remember about primary school and sort of those early development years of your life um, well, I'm the eldest of four, obviously. I've, we've got Cooper, well, I've got Cooper, and then I have my two younger sisters, Olivia and Sophia, so we were all pretty tight-knit. I obviously went to school first, and I got to spend, you know, mum Mum was very involved in our school life, you know, did the canteen stuff. She did, like, actually was as, as involved as she could be without being the teacher. I'm pretty sure she was there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I from memory I was a pretty good kid I never I don't I, I looking back now I always say this I'm I'm always think I wish I kind of rebelled a little bit I did some naughty stuff but I actually didn't like I without blowing smoke I'm home awesome I was a bit of an angel through school um had a good group of friends and some of them like I'm actually still friends with now which is like crazy went through primary school then through high school like 
my best friend, like I went to primary school with my best mate, Laura, who's still my best friend now. It's actually funny when we're in, when we're in primary school, I used to date um, this guy called Jake and then Laura's actually dating him now. However many, like what, however many, I don't even know how old I am. How many years ago was, was I in primary school? Primary school, what, 20 years ago? 20 years More, ago. 25 years 20, ago. 25 years ago and Jake's Laura's boyfriend now. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Actually. Yeah, it's, cra- it's something that I do look at you looking back, like your guys' friendship group and like our mum's friends all kind of started with that school period. Like mum's best friends are all of your friends' mums. Yeah, like- it's funny how that worked out because like I look at a lot of, you know, I, I don't know whether it's like an eldest kid thing because mum's like all of mum's friends through when I was in school, were, like you said, all of my friends' mums. But then I look at Sophia, which is our younger sister, who's 10 years younger than me, mums, you, I wouldn't even know who A, her, her friends are and B, who her body would not know who her friends' parents are. So like, I don't know, is that like an eldest an elder child, an oldest child thing. Maybe the parents are always like friends with the the eldest child's friends. I don't know, but no. But like Sarah isn't, Laura isn't the oldest child. But yeah, true. I don't know. Maybe it's just how, who gravitates towards yeah. who. I feel like you guys just had a really good friendship group, and it was like after school, it would always be like the mums wanting to catch up and found their little niches of all, the, all their friendships. But mm. no, it's um, it was fun watching you guys grow up because then I jumped into primary school, I guess, a few years later, and had all those older influences around your friends and that's kind of what shaped me a lot laura being a professional surfer as well was a big influence in my life once she started surfing at 10 11 competitively when i was like seven six Mm. seven eight it was like yeah helped shape my story a lot too but let's fast forward we've got so many good things to talk about and i know you've got something on in a little bit but high school pretty interesting time for you there was a few little moments that changed you went from my high school narrowing sports side and marta maria what was the experience like in high school and what was that moment that changed kind of well, schools for you? I think that go, going into high school, the like half of our the kids in our year, if they weren't going to an all-boys school or an all-girls school, they were going to Marta Maria, which is like a Catholic college. Um, and that was like, I don't know, that, it was it was because it was quite expensive and like we we I was one of four, so we didn't really have, our parents didn't really have the funds to send us to the like, expensive schools so they're just like oh yeah you go to the public school across the road down the street from our house with every other man and his dog um and for me it was a bit of a weird one only because I wasn't really sporty I did I did they had like a sports program which Cooper went and did the surfing thing and you know I didn't there was a dance program and I did dance but like I don't know that's not really sport anyway I kind of pushed my way through there and then it got to about year nine and I was like oh I don't know like I like I did love the school and I can't say anything like bad about it but I had this funny experience in year nine and it's like one of our friends one of the boys I was always a bit of a I wasn't a tomboy like I was a girly girl but I did hang out with the boys um and one day in the playground at lunchtime one of the boys dacked me and like he was one of our friends so it's like 
I've got no like hard feelings and I it's actually funny like what I decided to do after that because it wasn't really that much of a big deal but I was just like nah fuck this I'm out of here so I got dacked and changed schools <laughs> imagine if that happened now though like with the way that the world is like political oh. correctness if that happened now how much trouble the kid would have got in. yeah and I remember he he like literally this kid we went to I grew up with him through primary school, through high school, he actually had Tourette syndrome. And I remember his mum was like, it's because of his Tourette's. I'm like, no, it's not. It's because he's a little shit. Like, anyway, I had bright red undies on and it was just, it wasn't a double ducking, but it was a, it was a proper ducking. Yeah. And I remember I just like pulled my pants up, ran home and I called mum. I'm like, by the way, mum, if the school calls you and I'm not in last period at school, I'm at home because I've been ducked. And I'm telling you what, I'm not going back to school. <laughs> at that school and then yeah we applied for the new the other school and I ended up going from year nine to year 12 in the the other school yeah I remember I must have been in year seven when that happened because I remember like like, in the playground being like where's Chloe at lunchtime and then somebody told me I was like oh heavy she's gone yeah because the kid who did it the younger brother was my best friend at the time so it's (laughs) very insulated community there it's pretty pretty interesting the way that yeah, that happened. And then both of our younger sisters ended up going to Marta Maria with you. So I had... It was a great school though. I lo- Like I really did love Marta Maria when I ended up going there. The, the teachers are all epic. We I had such a great group of friends. Like I still am friends with 99.9% of my my group at school, which is pretty crazy. It's it's quite unheard of. Like we I speak a lot about it in um, my own podcast. And so many people are so intrigued about our friendship and our friendship mm. group and how are you guys still all friends? Like, it's crazy. It's- yeah, like, I don't think I have a single friend from... I definitely, like, have guys that I'll run into and I'll be like, oh, how you been, mate? Like, what's been happening? Which I think is pretty normal. But your guys' friendship group is like, you guys are all still, like, best friends. Yeah. Which is pretty wild. And then to think as well, you got to that school halfway through. Were you already friends with a bunch of the girls going to Marta Maria or did you kind of make new friends when you got there? Because there must have been a couple that went to narr- like primary school. There wasn't you. too many that actually. There was only like a handful that went to Marta Maria, but then I, yeah, I met most of them when I was there. Mm. And then we had like two different groups, and then by the end of Year Twelve, like everyone had kind of merged together, and yeah, we're we're literally still the same group now. It's insane, but we all kind of live in different places. Like we, I live on the Gold Coast. A few girls live in Sydney, then a few girls live in Newcastle now. Yeah, so everyone's sort of like split up, but then we all still are best mates. Mm, Yeah, it's so cool to see. With finishing high school, a lot of people get a bit confused and a little bit lost as to what they want to do with their career choice. I know you've juggled plenty of different things finishing school. Can you talk me about those few different experiences and job choices you made after school and how important it was for you to try things and not just go all out at something? So many people go straight to uni dig out four years because they feel like they have to and just stick it out and hate it. Mm. You chopped and turned a bit. Can you talk about those few yeah, after well, school experiences? I, for me, I didn't really, I don't know why, like I did love school and I was a really good student and, but for some reason uni for me just wasn't, it was never in my mind that I was ever going to go to university. Like, you know, people when you do year 12 and you're trying to get your marks and all that sort of stuff, I never, that was never on my that was never part of my plan. And I think when I when I finished school and I was like, yeah, I'm definitely not going to uni, I actually didn't really know what I wanted to do. 
I mean, I, I, I know if you want to obviously be a doctor or a nurse or, you know, something that you do have to go to university, then obviously strive towards that. But I was always like under the impression that I can learn on the job. And so I, when I left school straight away, I thought, oh yeah, I'll do events management. I want to be, an, I'm such an organized planner. Like I'm really like obsessed with Excel spreadsheets. Like I seriously, I love doing Excel spreadsheets. I don't know why it's just a thing. And I literally put everything in an Excel spreadsheet. Like if I'm all, all, ever Shopping organizing, list. no, I, it's literally extreme. I organized um, a friend's 30th present the other day. And so like I'll, <laughs> I like put all the names in the spreadsheet, tallied up how much everyone put in, put the tally at the bottom. Then the next column I had like all the gifts that we bought, how much they were worth. And at the bottom, like the plus minus. And I had to like give one of the girls – transfer some money because she bought one of the presents and I sent her the spreadsheet and she was just like are you fucking serious you just put a full-on formulated spreadsheet together to collect money for a present I was like yeah I'm actually crazy it's actually <laughs> That's probably a good like little a, app, a little app idea or something like I love it I present love it. sharing or like bill splitting I mean yeah. there's probably stuff out there for like but yeah so anyway I was like I'm gonna be an events planner I want to be like a PA or something and although I said I'm not, I didn't want to go to uni, I was just like so fixated. I, there's no way I'm going to go to uni for this. So I ended up going to TAFE and I did like a little short course at TAFE and I did it with my, one of my best mates, Corey, and it was, yeah, it was a pretty funny time. It was just like a six-month course or something. Got my diploma for events management, did that, realized maybe I don't want to be an events manager. And then I don't know where this came from, but I was like, hmm, I'm going to be a flight attendant. And then I applied to be a flight attendant for Jetstar. And it's so funny. I still get the memories that come up on my Facebook page of me in my uniform at ground school. And like, the, like I'm literally a child in a Jetstar uniform. So I did that and I flew around Australia for maybe about only about 12 months. Um, and then I dislocated my shoulder actually at work getting like a, you know, there's the silver crates in the, in the galley. And I was pulling one of the silver crates out to get something and it was meant to be empty and it had eight 1.5 liter bottles of water. And as I pulled it out, it just like shot to the ground and like ripped my shoulder with it. So I was, I kind of didn't be, wasn't able to work for a while. And then I in, it got to the point where I was like, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. I'm going to change my career again. Um, and what did I do then? Oh, and then I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to go into advertising. So then my mum used to work for a woman who worked at, it was ACP magazines back then. It's called Bauer Media now. And they look after like Clio Magazine, Cosmo, Australian Women's Weekly, like Men's Style, like all of the um, portfolio of magazines. And for some somehow I just got in there and I worked um, in a, department called key accounts and so basically the way that that worked was I had like a handful of like their key accounts their big clients and instead of the those um clients having to go to every individual magazine that they want to advertise in they basically came to us gave us a proposal and then we kind of pitched to all of the magazines so I really quickly worked my way up the ladder there mind you again having no experience in advertising or print media I hadn't, I didn't go to uni. I didn't like, so it was, I got just thrown in the deep end, but I mean, I didn't, I just learned on the spot and half the girls that were in the same position as me had just like finished three years of university. And yeah, it it was pretty amazing. Like I I was 
yeah, super motivated. I loved going to the city, caught the bus every day in there, friggin' had my high heels under the desk and then would wear my runners with my, my dresses and then you get there and you kick your runners off, you put your heels on. And yeah, so that was a really fun period. And then I guess I went on a holiday to Bali with my first holiday with um, one of my, a couple of my girlfriends freshly single I'd been in a relationship since I was like 16 to 20 first holiday go to Bali and then I met Paul at a bar at Alley Cats if you be if you know you know <laughs> you know um double doubles <laughs> vodka a few vodka double doubles straight onto the cooter surfboard rolled straight into the bounty it was just like all right okay so I've met this guy and then he lived in America I lived in Australia and I was like well I don't know if this is ever going to work. And then, we, yeah, we just kept in contact and it got to, the, I think, maybe like six months down the track. We were just like, what, what's, what is this? What are we going to do? Because this, like, we both obviously like each other. And, yeah, and then I quit my job again and I moved to America. What was that stage like? America's a pretty big place to move to. What, you were like 21? I was 21, yeah. Just being able to drink there. It's crazy looking back there how old we felt and you would have felt doing that. And you yeah. look back now, imagine if Sophia went to America with a, boy, a boyfriend. I know, I know, seriously. Well, I don't know. I can't really remember at the time whether it was like a permanent move or it was just it was just like I'm just going over there for a stint Extended to see holiday. like yeah see what happens cuz I I didn't I didn't have a working visa or anything like that so I couldn't work over there so it was only going to last so long and at the time Paul was surfing and sponsored by Reef footwear and he bet, like just had enough money to support both of us and then it got to the point where he lost his contract with Reef and I remember just like We've literally got $1,000 to our name. What the fuck are we going to do? I mean, I was never concerned that we were going to be broke, but mm. I just like, yeah, I didn't really know what was kind of next. And he, you know, he kind of DJed here and there, but like there was no, like he wasn't in, making the, a living. he wasn't making a living DJing back then. No. Um, and that's when I was like, well, what am I, if I want to make this relationship work, I'm going to have to work out a career that I can work wherever I am. So that's when I decided to start a swimwear label. (laughs) Mm. Um, And I, yeah, I I was like, well, I always loved like Brazilian swimwear and you couldn't really get it. It wasn't really available in Australia. So we, one of our, one of Paul's really good friends, wife actually owned like a manufacturing company in Bali that manufactured swimwear so I she didn't really want to take new clients because she was so busy but I she ended up just taking me on because we knew her and yeah I started that from like nothing I think Popper lent me five grand Paul lent me two grand and that was what I started with I paid Popper back straight away don't think I paid Paul back (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, I did that for like seven years. I, I loved it. I was actually the first late swimwear label in Australia to make reversible Brazilian swimwear, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I made them, yeah, it was reversible and it was, yeah, I lo- like I still, some of my pieces are still my favorite swimwear pieces mm. to date. Like the, the, the quality was so amazing, like just everything about it, it like it's it was, they were so premium they were so comfortable they were, you know they they weren't made cheaply so mm. 
And then, yeah, just before my wedding in 2020, I sold it. Yeah, in 2019, I sold the business and handed it over to a girl called Kate who lives um, on the Sunshine Coast and she still owns it today. She's kind of just taken it over and watching it go from strength to strength. But, yeah, it was pretty, I mean, far. I, I still can't believe, like, now like saying all this I'm like far out I've done a lot of things I've never really stuck to anything I think and I think it it kind of like evolves into where I am today with ports like I would never imagine that I I don't like being in one spot for longer than you know most Mm. people have like a stable home life where they're like they'll live in one spot and like that's where they live and you go on holidays and you come back we we've we obviously live between um, Australia, LA and Europe. And I, at the start, it was a bit weird being on the road all the time, but now I'm like, I kind of get itchy feet. Like we were just, you know, I was in LA just now from like July through to no, what's November. We did a few trips in between, but I, by the, by the end I was like, fuck, I need to go do something. Like I need, we need to, I need to go, go to Australia. I need to go somewhere. And you know, it's, I love being on the road. People ask all the time, how how do you find that? How do you stay grounded and stuff like that? But I, I think it's just exciting. It's still mm. so exciting and yeah, love it. Yeah, there's definitely so many great places to see in the world and so many great people. Like how lucky are both of us for the amount of amazing people and the <clears throat> network that we've created based on just being willing to take opportunities when they come and being able to jump in the deep end. And like you said, with, you probably didn't know much about swimwear, but you made it work. You didn't know mm. much about... <clears throat> a lot of the industries that you went into without the education. And I think there's a good learning in that for people listening. Learn on your feet. Like you learn so much more by doing something than thinking about doing it and dwelling in your head. And if you think so much about something and study for it, you'll probably get to the job and it'll be different anyway. I know so many people that have gone to university and they've spent, they've taken out loans. They've got these like massive hex fees. They've done their whole degree and then they get to the end. They're like, actually, this isn't what I want to do. Like, I just look at that. I'm like, that is such a waste. If I like, if there's anything valuable that I've learned in my life, it's like, while you're young, explore and like learn where wherever you are, because there's so many amazing cultures and you learn so much from people. And it's all about like asking questions. I think that's like a massive thing. Like, don't sit there. If you have any questions, ask people. Find people in the field that you want to that you want to learn, like, you know, if you want to, fuck, what's an example? I don't know. Get on LinkedIn. And like, I, when I was doing my swimwear, I like looking back now, I used to literally trawl LinkedIn for everything that I needed. And like all these random people that I didn't even know who they were. And you just got to get on the internet. The internet's got so much I mean, you can learn anything that you want from the internet and YouTube and stuff like that. That's where I was like completely taught. You just and then ask people questions. Most people actually are willing to help. You mm. know, I yeah, definitely. Like one thing that I've noticed, and it's funny sitting here talking about this on a podcast, but like two people that come to mind so much are my friend Dylan and another friend of mine, Nath. Literally, were like, hmm, how am I gonna like? We're very lucky. Our network is very wide, and we do have great connections in places. But it does come from building that through asking questions and being willing to just have a chat to a random and ask them for help. But two of my mates have started podcasts and that's how I met them by them just asking me to go on the podcast. 
And now they've like grown to just asking all these different amazing people to go on their podcast, talk to them, get to know their story, mm. and then you're friends with them. So it's like yeah. there's different ways if you're willing to put yourself out there to build the network that you dream of to have the opportunities that you've always wanted. Yeah. So that's a good little one. All right, we're going to go into second phase of this podcast. 2020 has been – well, 2020 was a weird one for everyone, but you obviously got married and had some – Big life-changing events happened through that year. Can we? You talk about Bali for the wedding in 2020. Yeah. What that experience was like from the highest high to one of the lowest lows of your life. Yeah. It's funny because I saw that meme the other day where it's just like, how are we 22 days out from 2022? I'm still back in 2019. I honestly, I'm like, where have the last two years gone? They've just disappeared because we got married... We got married on the 20th of Feb 2020 and we had 172 people from literally all around the world come to Bali. It was the best day ever. Like we threw the most ridiculous parties. We threw like an amazing wedding. Everyone just had the best, like I wish I could rewind back. And honestly, it was seven days before the world shut down. Mm. I just, I always think back because our friends are all, everyone's pretty nuts. And I always think like, imagine if we knew what was going to happen at the time. Like, I actually don't know how much, how it could get any crazier (laughs) than what it was, but it's, 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 we're so lucky that we actually got to have that time. And we actually have, it's such a prominent memory in everyone's life. Like no one will ever forget that because we all just got to spend that together and then went, came straight home into lockdown. Um, but while we're in Bali, like two days after our wedding, our grandmother actually passed away in Bali. And that was pretty, it's weird because we've never really had anything like that happen before where it was like, everyone's like gravy. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, grandma's not feeling well. Maybe you should go to her hotel and see her. And then within the hour, she's in an ambulance, dies in an ambulance on the way to the hospital. Like, it's just like, looking back, it's, you could, you wouldn't, you wouldn't read about it. Like, yeah. And our pop was sadly at home in Australia because he couldn't travel because he had, he's got like health issues. So to be married for however many years they were married for and then to lose your partner just suddenly, like he booked her a flight home that morning when she wasn't feeling well and then for her to not get off that flight that next morning, it's just like, oh. it's obviously sad, extremely sad for us because she's our grandmother, but she, she was old and, you know, life that does happen and you know it's so sad but life does go on what I've learned in the last two years Mm. and we'll kind of get further into that but like it's just so sad for him and like he's old and he's like what's my quality of like I don't Mm. have any I don't want to be here he's like pushed on through and like lasted another two years after that it's just like through COVID he's old he's not well it's just like far out I just feel sorry for him because it's just like you know I don't know like how do you when you're that age and you lose a partner, what do you even just do with your own life? It's oh, just like so it's sad. Like, I remember it so clearly because I came home early because I had a surf comp. So it was like only me and one of our <clears throat> uncles back at home in Oz. And then obviously our pop couldn't go over. So he was home. And I remember I was like sitting in the car in the city and I get a call from Sophia, <clears throat> our younger sister saying like, hey, just letting you know, like grandma like wasn't feeling well this morning and she's just got in an um, ambulance to go to hospital. Like mum said to call you to let you know. And I was like, oh shit, gnarly. Like, like you, you said, think. we've never really had something like that happen in our life. We, we were very lucky. We haven't, like we'd lost a grandma a bit earlier, but that we're a bit younger to be able to deal with that. And mm. then 
that happened. And then, yeah, 20 minutes after I get the call saying grandma's sick, I'm just like, oh, she'll be okay. Like, that's yeah, kind of how life so is. And then I get the call that she's dead and I was like, whoa. So I'm in Oz and I had to rush. That was gnarly. I had to drive like an hour, like inconsolable somehow from the city back to home. And then I had to go to our pop's oh, place. Yeah. Sitting heavy. there with your pop, like. Yeah, there's, that, there's actually nothing to say as well when people pass. Oh. It's just like there's, and I've learned that in the last two years, like just through everything I'm like there's actually sometimes you just have to do, you can't like what oh, do you say I just I remember sitting there I'm like getting goosebumps thinking about it now sitting there with our pop like luckily our uncle had got there like 10 minutes before me but he's on the phone to the rest of the family around the world telling them so I just had to sit there with Popper like nothing say just nothing. like like the words like that were just killing me were like I should have been there yeah. like I'll never forgive myself I was just like oh yeah have your pop saying that it's like and then like speaking to you guys in over in bali like you said it was when the pandemic was just kicking off so like trying to get like the body home it was just like it was a nightmare a family like tragedy to come off the back of like the most amazing and that's experience. like a whole thing as well like every time we have like our anniversary now it's like also the anniversary of her death too and it's just like the kind of yeah it's so weird it's just like it's so it's actually so insane how it can literally be one day the best day of your life to two days, like 72 hours later, the worst. It just, it's crazy how, yeah, it's, it's insane how shit can just get like ripped out beneath beneath you and it's just, you don't even expect it. It just mm. comes out of nowhere. It's crazy. And that, I mean, do you think that made you a little bit more able to handle the situation that happened a few months later once you got home? Which yeah, so- if you want to talk about that because you've had 2020 was not an easy we, one for you we after our wedding we obviously that happened but we got home from um bali paul was playing a show like maybe two weeks later in in, in la and so we we're like okay we'll, we'll we'll obviously are going home for that go to la and it was covid was really really starting to like ramp up at that point and we were like do we get on the flight do we not get on the flight do we get on the flight right up until like the morning of the flight still going, should we get on this flight, Brett, which is Paul's manager in LA. And he's just like, yeah, like just get on. We'll sort it out when we get there. Get on the flight, get to LA. Within 24 hours, Australia's like, we're shutting our borders. Literally booked a flight, got, went, got on the flight that night. Back. Come back to Australia. I think we're in LA for 24 hours. In that 24 hours before we went to L- it's before we went to LA, I went and got like a, this um, acupuncture, like, because we wanted to start trying for a baby. So someone recommended me to go see this acupuncturist. And so when I went and saw her, she's like, let's just do a full blood count, blah, 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 blah. And I get to LA in amongst all this crazy shit. And I get, I was going through, which who goes through their junk emails? Never me. Just randomly, I was at the office in LA going through all my emails and I get this email from my doctor going, hi, Chloe, just wanted to let you know that your bloods have come back and you're actually pregnant. And I was like, what? So weird. I was like, so excited, so crazy. Got home, told everyone, like, I I don't believe in the 12 week rule. I just think that that's just so stupid why people don't tell people. I know that you've got like a high chance of loss before 12 weeks, but if you do have a loss, why would you want to have a loss without having support from your friends and family? So I kind of, I did, I called all my bridesmaids, I called my family, told everyone. So it was so excited. So we've gone from like wedding high, grandma low, finding out we're pregnant. Oh my God, it's a gift from grandma, this baby, blah, blah, blah. And then within maybe 
two weeks later, come up to the move up to the Gold Coast, and then I end up having a miscarriage. And I was like, that was pretty. That was another straight down low point. Um, but then, you know, at that point, I didn't think that there was anything wrong. I'm like, oh, you know what? One in four women have a miscarriage in their lifetime. So, yeah, that's just it. Let's, you know, we'll. It's still pretty like it's horrific to go through because you have to go and have a surgery and they have to remove the like the like the embryo or the baby or whatever out and then give you a good clean out and they're like you know you fall pregnant straight away after you're you're so fertile anyway didn't obviously and then fast forward a few months I can't then we there was this one day that I went to Paul had just come home. We, my best friend Elodie lives up here just up the street from us and I think it was like myself, Paul, Elodie and Chumpy, her partner, were having dinner one night because the boys were in town, they're never in town together so we had this dinner and it's so funny because Chumpy would always like just speak so much wisdom. Every time you'd like sit down with him, I'd be like, dude, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about but he just knew. He was like he was from like another dimension because the shit that he would say, he'd be like, Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense now. But at the time, like, where the fuck is this conversation going? It's just so funny. Like, I and I so we had these conversations that night, and Paul he was trying to convince Paul to go diet like spearfishing with him the following morning, and Paul's like, mate, it is not for me. Like, I don't like, I'm not going. Mm. I don't want to. And so he used to go spearfishing just out the front of our house here. And that next day, I went out. We Paul and I went out for lunch. Um, with our other friends from down the street and my phone was in my bag. And I remember, it's funny because I remember at this lunch at this one point in time, I was, I thought to myself, we're at this seafood restaurant. Paul was here. We'll just, it was just Chris, like, no, it was middle of the year, but it was just a beautiful day. And I thought, fuck, this is life's good. Like I was literally thinking just in my head, like, how good is this? Like, we're so happy. Like I'm back. Mm. Like we've just had so many ups and downs. Like fuck Paul's home. We're eating amazing food. So grateful. So good. Next minute, I've like, we finished our food. I get my phone out of my bag and I looked at my phone and there was a message from Elodie going like, Chumpy's just died this morning. And I was like, you're fuck." I, I literally texted her back saying, you're having a fucking laugh. I literally wrote that. And she's just like, no. And I was like to Paul, oh my God, like Chumpy's died. Spearfishing. And, and we both, we all just kind of just like went numb. And, and I literally called straight away and Dave, Elodie's brother answered. He's like, no, seriously, it's true. Like where I'm at the morgue, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God, let me get to her. And I feel like, I don't know. I, I just don't think that I'm the same person as I was two years ago. Like I just like, I, I've completely changed. I've evolved. Like I, things that meant stuff to me back then don't mean shit to me now. Like friends, like, you know, I've like lost a few, one really, really good friend through just like not being able to be there for me when I need her most, you know, it's just like, because after the, the passing of Chumpy, I've then also like gone on to like a bunch of other, like, it's just been such a, honestly, since 2019, my life has just been so I, what do you, I don't even know how to like say it but then I've had so many good things you know like mm. we've we've got a beautiful we've got a beautiful home here we've got a beautiful home in in LA now and like I try and see the silver lining in it all but at the same time you know some everyone just go is going through shit and mm. on different levels and like you know one you might not be 
you might not think that it's as valid as the next person's, but like everyone's got, everyone goes through shit mm. and is going through shit. And that's like, I, I, I saw that meme the other day where another one where people were just like, you know, Christmas is like such an amazing time of the year. However, for a lot of people right now, it's actually not a really mm. good time of the year. Like look at what's going on around us. Like COVID's ramping up again. Like it, it just, it's crazy. So it's just, I, I, if I've got any piece of advice there, it's just like, just be so, be kind to people because you just don't know. Even just a simple smile. It was, I was going down the street the other day and I don't know why, I don't know. I, some, I heard in a podcast, someone just saying, just smile at some stranger today and like, see how it makes you feel. And I, <laughs> I was like walking down the street the other day and I, there was like some like tradie, like in a truck at the lights. And I like smiled and waved and he was like, fully like double took for a second he was just like the biggest smile and biggest wave like thinking fuck that was weird was I meant like do I know that person like it was just and like I instantly was just like it just like makes you feel good mm. so I don't know I just completely waffled into like the weirdest no, shit no, that, then, that, but that, like <laughs> that's great because I think that's so important so often we get so entrenched in our own little world and like you said forget that everybody has their own situation it's so important to be empathetic towards other people's situation but you can control your happiness and control your feelings by exerting good energy to the world, by smiling at people, yeah. by starting a conversation with a stranger and asking them how they are and actually listening rather than yeah. moving so quickly in our own lives because, as you've said, it can change so quickly and it's so important to be present and enjoy what there is in front of us because so often like, like it changes so quickly. Yeah. What sort of – one thing that I get out of your guys' podcast, which we'll talk about quickly before we wrap up, is – Good advice on what to say to people when they're going through these different really challenging moments in their life. I know after Elodie lost Chumpy and you were there so well supporting them after you've lost multiple babies due to miscarriages and we'll quickly touch on that as well after this. But what sort of advice do you have for people that are the wrong and the right thing to say and ways to support people going through grief? Yeah, well, like I, we've spoken about this a lot in our podcast as well and it, that there's not really there's not like too much it's so hard because when someone's grieving there's really nothing you can do to bring their person back there isn't or there's not really there actually isn't anything that you can do to bring their human back or whatever they're grieving over um but it's just so important to have like I think that for me like one of the best traits someone can have is empathy and it's not just like say like saying like oh you know just making them trying to feel good like it's so important to be able to actually completely put yourself in their position and feel what they're feeling it's it is a hard thing to do but until you do that you you yeah you can't you can't support them properly because you you can't feel what they're feeling so for me and Elodie and I talk about this where we say any like just show up Mm. don't 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 expect anything from them. Just literally rock up at their door. If they say, oh, do you want to go for a coffee? They're probably going to say no. But if you just go and get a coffee and you rock up at their house, they have no choice. I remember when I went, when I had my first miscarriage, I was so sad. I was sitting at home and two, like, two friends literally just rocked up at the door. Like I would never have said, "Come, like, can I come and bring? No, I would be like, no, nah, I don't want to see anyone. But they literally rocked up at my doorstep. They had a voucher for a massage. They had a coffee. They, and you just, you have no opportunity to tell them to go away. You mm. just, it, 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 and it helps. It's so nice. Um, and I think as well with, 
the with myself anyway i've done a few rounds of um we've done a few rounds of ivf that have been unsuccessful and ivf is where it's like when people obviously struggle to have children you go and you can see a fertility specialist and they can assist I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole but yeah they basically can assist you in falling pregnant and i've we've done paul and i've done it a few times one worked and then i had another miscarriage but when you when you have these losses, people are so quick to jump to like this sentence. And like, if you have anyone grieving, or if you have anyone have like going through a loss, and you find yourself citing a sentence with "at least," swallow your words straight away because like, at least at least you can fall pregnant. At least you know that like you know at least at least at least it, nothing mm. after at least is going to make them feel better mm. because you're trying to sugarcoat a shit situation. So just don't do that. And I think as well, like toxic positivity is like a huge one as well. Be just, they're allowed to be sad. Mm. Let them be sad. Don't try and make them, if they don't want to be happy at that moment, they're, they're, they're allowed to not be happy. Go and cry with them. Mm. Like let people have to go through their emotions and it's just so important that you're there to support them and you're not there to try and be like, okay, let's go to the park and skip down the street and like, you know, it doesn't have to always be sunshine and rainbows. Mm. You're allowed to have your days where you feel shit because it is shit. Yeah. But then I find for myself, I'm like, I, I go through these moments and these motions just even still now. And I think that you really have to, and this kind of like stems back to what you, what you're about is like, you have to practice gratitude and you have to think about like, okay, Hey, like, yeah, shit isn't going to plan right now. We've been trying to have a baby for nearly two years now and we're still not pregnant and it sucks. But then you just have to be like, okay, but what are the good things that are happening in my life right now? Like I'm happy, I'm healthy, you know, my family are all somewhat healthy right now. I live a really good life. I'm allowed to go and do whatever I, you know, Mm. sort of, I'm allowed to do whatever I want. But like I can travel freely sort of I guess (laughs) we won't even go into that but um yeah I just like that's sort of the only thing that really gets me through like I'm like I know I will have a baby one day but I've just like lately learned to just surrender to the fact that when the time's right the time's right because you can't really you can't narrate any of this shit Mm. like look at what's going on in the world right now you actually can't narrate it like I've done seen so many psychics I've seen so many mediums I've seen so much shit and then it's like you believe that you can manifest and like, I, I still do it. And don't get me wrong. People are probably going to be like, yeah, manifesting's real. Well, it's bullshit <laughs> for me right now. I'm like, I've manifested so much shit. And it's like, doesn't like until the time's right. And I'm, mm. I'm speaking only for myself here and in this baby situation, like you can only talk to the, the sky so much and mm. be like, I'm ready for you and this and that. It's like, if it's not ready, it's not ready. You just have to like surrender and let, let, let everything evolve how it's going to evolve. And yeah, that's kind of the only way, the only thing that sort of like gets me through. And yeah, I think that blind faith as well in as much as like manifesting is one thing, manifesting without dedicated action and actually like, it's like a thought compared to a feeling is different when you're just trying to think something, it works Mm. the same with gratitude. When you just think about what you're happy about, it doesn't like, give you that feeling and that's what we're trying to do it's trying to overcome your body with the feeling mm. and that's how manifesting is it's like i want this baby i want this baby it's like well what are you doing to make this actually come true and if it's not working by just continually doing what you do it's time to try something else and go all right i'm just going to enjoy my life and then it's going to come anyway it's going to flow with yeah with the 
blind trust almost in the universe and the blind trust on just being happy and enjoying your life and then the things start to flow yeah and stop trying to just actually write your story because like you actually have no control in that like look like you know look at chumpy like shit can just completely yeah i don't know i just feel like yeah you want to relax but also just stay vigilant because it's like you Mm. just never know what's going to happen tomorrow you don't like exactly look at all this covid stuff like one thing is like, you know, they say one thing and then you blink and then the the rules are changed. And it's just like, you just, I don't know. I think it's just so important just to live, just take every single day as the day. Don't, Mm. don't think about tomorrow or the future because that's when you start like wrapping around these like theories and like thought processes and you start, you spin yourself out. It's like, there's only really now and just. It's definitely. And over the last year, there's been moments which I've from the outside in seen you in that thought pattern and in that Mm. life sucks. I can't do this one thing. Like it's, and but it's really beautiful to see how you've grown through the last 12 to 18 months to the how you're sitting here now and talking about it it's really nice to see yeah I think that like if you were to have this conversation with me and I think that that's why I'd always put these conversations off because every time I talk about this I'd end up in like hysterical tears and crying and crying and crying it's like I think that I'm just now I'm just I've I've gone through so many different loopholes and like I'm I think I've just come out the other end where I'm like yeah it's it's okay just mm. fucking be and the way that like way that it's going to evolve will evolve and you don't really have any you can't part you can't part the way you actually yeah. just can't and kind of as much as it like smallly relates to when you walk down the street the other day and smile at someone it's like wait there's is this <laughs> it was just actually like- pretty funny because i'm pretty sure the guy think thought that i was like trying to pick him up or something <laughs> that's how weird it is like that's how strange people think if you smile at them the wrong way they're like Oh, yeah, I'm on here. <laughs> he's so, like drives around the block and comes back then, with like waves again. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't smile at too many strangers <laughs> in the right context. But one of the last things I want to talk to you about is your podcast, Darling Shine. It's been a really cool journey to see you and Elodie take what has been the most difficult part of your both of your lives and turn it into something to educate and inspire your audience to do and I've learned so much from it as well. I've been a guest on there and being able to like use your guys' platform for good and trying to encourage people to shift their mindset into the way that you guys are thinking now and educate people how to not deal with people but how to best best help their friends when they are going through difficult times like you guys have. Talk to me about Darling Shine. It's been pretty cool. You guys had over a million downloads, just mm, more we, than good we, humans. We do. <laughs> because yeah, we, you haven't been on my podcast. We, we, that's we've, we've just overtaken you just. just. Um, yeah, Elodie and I, obviously Elodie lost her partner and I, I've kind of gone through all the IVF stuff. Elodie's also gone through IVF and we always used to find ourselves sitting on the couch just going, just talking about all of our shit. And, uh, you know, we kind of got to this one point where we're like, Maybe we should, a few people like you should do a podcast. You should speak about this because a lot of the stuff that we speak about is unspoken and and things that people are afraid to talk about. And I just don't understand that. Like especially with miscarriage and baby loss, why it's such an unspoken thing, I don't know. Because for me, I was very at the very beginning. I was like questioning whether I should share my story or not. And then I woke up one morning. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just talk about it. And I got such a huge response off from Instagram when I posted about it. It was like almost overwhelming. And every like every second woman was like, I'm one in four, I'm one in four, I've had this, but no one speaks about it. 
So we were like, let's create this platform where we can kind of speak unspoken things and help women have these voices. And we had no idea that we would get, you know, the response that we did. And our Instagram, we've got a Facebook community that's like a private community with like nearly, I think, 8,000 women. And it's just like, it's so nice to see the conversations that are even just happening there that no one else can even see. Mm. Um, it's like a ladies club. It's pretty funny. Like the shit that gets spoken about in there. Um, and you know, anyone can go on and, you know, be a part of it. Um, but yes, we started the podcast. We just last week finished season two, which is like a crazy thought. We speak a lot about grief ways and, you know, Cooper just asked me then to say a few, um, a few examples of how to help someone who's grieving. We actually do a whole episode on that. I'm really bad with on the spot things. I can't really think that well, but, um, Yeah, there's a whole episode on how to deal with grief, how to support friends going through IVF, how to support friends who are grieving. We speak to a lot of doctors. We spoke to Cooper. We speak about body image, just like, yeah, all the stuff that people are too scared to talk about. And we have so many women email us and write to us on Instagram just going, thank you so much. I'm going through this and I don't even, you don't understand how much you've changed my life in I feel like you guys are just two friends and I'm sitting here listening to you guys chat. Um, And in the meantime, Elodie's also had a baby from the sperm that we retrieved from Alex when he passed away, um, which is like a whole nother story in itself. It's called post-mortem sperm retrieval. And we worked around the clock and within 24 hours of someone passing, you can actually retrieve their sperm. And yeah, Elodie just had their little baby. And it's just like, there's just so much that has happened in our lives in the last two years and we've just merged it together and created this like platform where, you know, we, it's honestly, we say it's our therapy because we've both seen therapists before. Um, and this is like nothing else. Like you can't compare this to an actual therapy session. We just sit here and we have a chat and it's funny because I, I often, we talk about so much crazy shit and then you look back and you go, Oh fuck, there's actually, you know, so many X amount of people listening to this conversation, but it just feels like we're in a room together. So it's really cool. We love it. So if you, it's called um, Darling Shine Podcast. I'm sure Cooper will put oh. it in the show in the show notes. In the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. And how does it make you feel knowing that you're helping other people just with your story? Because there's obviously the therapy for you, but how nice is it getting? And I get it all the time with Good Humans Podcast. You forget the power of conversation. And you forget how much just being honest and open with people. And that's why I love podcasting. It's a great way to have a, like how often do you have an hour long conversation with someone without your phone being there Mm. to distract you? Just actually having a sitting chat. It's like, I always say to my friends, it's like when you're sitting around at two o'clock in the morning, like off your head and you sit there for an hour and just have a chat. I love you. So it's like those conversations sober are quite rare to come by. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that like when we set out to do it, we're like, if we can help one person, then our job's done. We don't, mm. We're not really out there to even help ourselves. We're out there like, if you know, if we can share our stories and in the, in the process help other people and help women who don't have a voice, then like we're happy. That's all that we really wanted to do. And hopefully we can evolve the podcast next year. We'll start back up again um, for season three. And yeah, we're, it, it's, it's fun. It gives us, I mean, it, you know, there's some very sad episodes. There's a lot of tears. Um, but then there's also like ones where you're literally pissing yourself laughing. Like Elodie is hilarious. Her one liners and the shit that comes out of her mouth. Like it shocks me sometimes. And we just have the biggest laugh. People write to us going, Oh, I never know 
someone said to me the other day, I love listening to it at the gym, but I just never know if I'm going to be like bawling my eyes out or I'm going to be pissing myself laughing. Like it's just like one extreme to the other. And yeah, it, yeah, it's really, really epic. I can't wait to see what, you know, what, what's next for Darling Shine. Um, but yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, like you said, you absolutely, one episode will be crying because of something that's so sad and you can't imagine the story that you guys have been going through. But then the next episode is you guys just taking the absolute piss out of that situation. And that's the, what life's about, taking yeah. the light side of the heaviest things that will ever happen to you. And yeah, big props to you guys. It's been, I'm super proud watching you guys, how much it's impact it's had and also how good it's been for both of you to be able to process and talk about stuff. Because yeah. imagine if you didn't have the podcast and it was just kept in and it's so important to get that stuff out and to share your experience because so many others are going through similar experiences and can get mm. a bit of solitude knowing that they're not alone. Mm. Yeah. All right. Last question. Cause I know you got to go somewhere. What does being a good human mean to Chloe Chapman? I actually fully forgot my, what I, I really did prepare this and I've forgotten the sentence. Can you, can you tell me what it was? Cause I did tell you this before. <laughs> it's important to be nice. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Wait, wait. It's one of the, it's like, it's, it's nice to be important, but it's more okay, important okay. to be nice. Okay, okay, you can cut that little bit out. <laughs> so what does being a good human... The last question I ask everybody on the podcast, what does being a good human mean to Chloe Chapman? I forgot already. <laughs> it, wait. It's a tongue twist for this Start one. with nice. It's nice is the start of it. You just got to remember it. It's nice to be important, yeah, okay. but it's more... Im- wait, yeah, it's, it's nice to feel important. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So the last question I ask everybody on this podcast is, what does being a good human mean to Chloe Chapman? Well, Elodie actually says this one to me, and I'm pretty sure her dad said this one to her, but I think it's like, it's important... <laughs> it's nice to be important. It's nice to feel important, but it's more important to be nice. That's a blooper if I've ever fucking seen I think that's just going to stay in because that's what good humans is about and that's what this episode was always going to be. That is so hard, that one. I've been been literally running that in my head the whole episode to remember how to say that because I love it so much. But yeah, anyway, there it was. Well, it took me three times. I'm probably going to leave it all in there because that's funny (laughs) as hell and that's what, like I said, podcasting is meant to be about. Raw conversations, having a good time and... I mean, I'm very grateful that we finally got down, sit, got to sit down now. I can't talk either. Sorry, <laughs> it's time, time's up. But thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for joining me on Good Humans, Chloe, because you're an amazing human, beautiful sister, and I can't thank you enough for <laughs> everything you've done for me, the community that you've built. And, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Cooper. This has been a Wellbeing Network podcast. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.